0: You're listening to episode number 72 of The Green Elephant in the Room. This is your host, Eco Rico, and today we're standing on the corner of Hollywood and climate. The climate crisis is the biggest story of our time, so why isn't the entertainment industry acting like it? This represents a disconnect between life as we know it and life as it appears on the screen. Hollywood has not reflected the greatest drama in all of our lives. The crisis is virtually non-existent in scripted entertainment. You think liberal Hollywood types with their Teslas and their vegan diets and their eco-friendly beauty products would be chomping at the bit to tell stories about climate. But despite a few high-profile examples such as Don't Look Up, global warming is largely absent from nearly all the television shows and the movies being produced today. This disconnect is borne out by recent data A study analyzed over 37,000 TV and film scripts from 2016 to 2020, and it found that only 2.8% of them included any climate-related words, like ice caps, fossil fuels, or clean energy. Even fewer, one-half of the 1% percent—mention climate change explicitly. The word dog was mentioned almost 13 times as often as all 36 climate keywords put together. I put that keyword list, plus much more, on this episode's webpage. With more and more Americans alarmed about climate change than ever, the report's findings paint a picture of a film and TV landscape that is deeply out of step with the majority of viewers' lived reality. When researchers asked viewers if they remembered climate content in a TV or movie, by far the most common film mentioned was The Day After Tomorrow, which, despite coming out in 2004, was a disaster film that features wildly inaccurate climate science. Even in the rare cases when climate is portrayed on screen, it often paints a false and narrow picture of how the climate crisis will be solved and by whom. In almost all the climate disaster films, Mad Max, Geostorm, Waterworld, Twister, they feature straight white male protagonists who must rally superhero-like to save the day. The model follows the typical Hollywood premise, but climate change isn't a problem that can be solved by a lone hero taking drastic action over the course of one monumental day. Global warming is an ongoing, unfolding process that will be with us the rest of our lives. How do we make something that conveys that this is a lifelong process? What does it look like when people try to grapple with something as a community, and it's not just one person fighting bad guys by themselves? Maybe the problem is, Hollywood hasn't given us the right types of climate stories. People often feel overwhelmed by the problem. Particularly with all the apocalyptic storytelling. The sense that it's all hopeless. That can really hinder the ability to take action. In order for people to take climate action, they need to believe that change is possible. While the impact of entertainment on people's beliefs and behaviors is difficult to precisely measure, there are reasons to believe TV and film can change the way we see and interact with the world for the better. Evidence supports the idea that social issues represented in popular culture, such as positive public health outcomes for things like teen pregnancy, safe sex, and designated drivers is well-documented. Research found that Will and Grace helped reduce prejudice against gay men, and also that the presence of immigrant characters on television can build support for more inclusive immigration policies, at least among some viewers. Showing subtle details, such as characters driving electric cars, eating organic food, having solar panels on their home, or riding a bicycle to get around, reflect the world's ecological reality. We don't need more climate stories, but different ones. The nightmarish post-apocalyptic worlds painted by the likes of Snowpiercer and Mad Max Fury Road rely on just one tool in the climate storyteller's armory, fear. And research shows that may be a blunt one. The stories on our screens should hold a mirror up to our real, climate-changed lives. This includes imagining what could go wrong, as many of the dystopian blockbusters already have, but also what could go right. Even subtle references to our increasingly dangerous planet and the need to reduce emissions are worthwhile. When characters on screen give voice to their climate anxieties, it can help viewers feel seen. And the more often people hear climate talked about in TV shows and movies, the more likely they are to discuss it in their own lives too. Creatives don't necessarily need to start writing a whole new genre. They can simply integrate climate into whatever they're already working on. It's hard to know for sure whether those types of narratives are changing people's behavior. What kind of car they drive, if any, how much meat they eat, how much food they waste... But with thoughtful screenwriting, there is some hope. A single mention of climate change isn't going to motivate people to change their behavior. But when you have this content repeated over and over again, that's what normalizes it. In the end, reversing the climate crisis isn't as simple as writing a blockbuster script. But time and financial resources are needed to sort out how best you use Hollywood to move the needle in a positive direction. But with the fate of the planet hanging in the balance, there's no challenge more worthy of our generation's creative minds. In a time of crisis, we need to have many, many, many heroes. And the only way you can create this is through culture and storytelling. One show featuring a new narrative Beyond Disaster is Apple TV's Extrapolations. It centers climate change in a grand fashion via a series of eight individual stories that imagine how humans will be grappling with everything from species extinction to geoengineering over the next five decades. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 43 rating with the critics and a more favorable 60 with the audience. So you can presume it's not considered great art one reviewer stated it's a humane carefully constructed but often frustrating project and one that illustrates why insightful art about the climate crisis has proven so elusive extrapolations is important in part because of what it symbolizes a non-apocalypse though not disaster-free climate story it includes standard hollywood tropes with car chases shootouts renegade geoengineering schemes, and of course a tech tycoon villain wanting to take over the world. Because it's in the future it gives us some snappy tech advances that are quite believable such as smartphones that look like pieces of glass that have screens that pop out in 3D or virtual reality booths where people can visit and get a hit of a nature fix simulation like Autumn Woodland or Summer Meadow. It all feels both futuristic and plausible extrapolations attempts to walk the line between fiction and science fact to tell the story of what's at stake for our planet over the next few decades and doesn't dwell on the end of days the biggest thing that feels different about this show is that it's not a utopia or a dystopia it's a muddle through topia it answers the question what will happen if things just keep going along as they have been the show explores the messy middle ground, the not quite apocalypse, the slow burn, if you will, which is harder to turn into a marketable entertainment. This messy middle, dramatized in extrapolations, unfolds over roughly three decades, starting about 15 years from now, because this is the reality that we are facing today. This was done on purpose to make climate change feel immediate, especially to young people. If you are 15 or 16 right now and you watch this show, you're going to be alive in 2070 when the show ends. One of the most alarming and distressing parts are when young people are featured and they are not happy at all. One teen character keeps asking, why is God doing this to us? To me, the series was much more terrifying than any popcorn disaster movie. It depicts a near future of vast human suffering. In one episode the rabbi at a Jewish synagogue in Miami struggles to keep it going as the city deals with rising sea levels and frequent intense tropical storms. In it everybody must wear rubber boots anytime they go outside and often inside too. And another said in India, it is so hot they must sleep underground during the day and can only go out at night or risk quick death from heat exhaustion. And when they do go out at night, they must line up to get a quick hit of oxygen from street carts. In watching the show, I experienced an extraordinary sensation. Did you ever watch a movie and notice that your heart races or your emotions swell even though you know it's just a story? or you leave the theater and you have been so moved by a film that it's almost like you're walking back into the movie itself. I watched one episode where people were dealing with a brutally warm climate. The hills had been burned off and smoke was constantly present in the sky and children were struggling to breathe. When I finished it, I walked outside and I was deeply moved by the blue skies, green trees, and birds singing. It's something I see every day but I couldn't help but think this could all be gone in a few years for my money the best film with an environmental theme is Pixar's WALL-E. Pixar has always been known for including strong thematic material in their films WALL-E is no exception. The film might be one of Pixar's most unapologetically progressive as it focuses on environmentalism, corporate greed, and consumerism, which are up front and center from beginning to end. Despite the fun adventure at the base of the story, Wally is also a dreary, cautionary tale of what could become of humanity if it continues on its current trajectory. The film is set in the 29th century, and much of its plot centers around humanity trying to go back to the way things used to be. As I am recording this, with unprecedented fire smoke blanketing the eastern U.S., we may have achieved a climate turning point. I wrote about this recently on how media is treating this more like a weather event than the horrific warning it symbolizes. With New York City, the country's financial and cultural center, and Washington, D.C., the epicenter of politics shrouded in smoke, It's getting harder to pretend that this is something that is more of an inconvenience than what it really is. The planet is crying out to us while we still have the time to do something. Most of us deeply love much about our lives, our communities, and the places where we live. Will this be the clarion call to make us collectively realize of what we could lose, instead of envisioning the crisis as some distant threat to be dealt with later? Will it be enough to spur action? If not, maybe the next catastrophe? Or the next? If you are tired of waiting around, but are paralyzed as of what you could do, the Green Elephant has created a fabulous eco-resource guide named A Call to Act. It catalogs hundreds of action-oriented eco-activities, from joining established green organizations to starting one in your own community. You will be inspired by the almost limitless opportunities to engage in every aspect of your life to restore the health of our planet. We have included a link in the show notes, a call to act eco action directory.